It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. We're going to the UK now. We're really appreciative to have the BBC senior rugby writer Chris Jones on the line. G'day, Chris. Yeah, how's it going? Good, good to be on. Um, first thing, Chris, uh, we'll do the most recent. All Blacks versus England. Um, utter uh-huh. disbelief at full time by us. One, that we gave up such <laughs> a lead. And the second one, that England were happy with the draw and just kicked it out when they had 15 on 14. That match had so many storylines. You must be just about out of ink in your pen. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's been it's been crazy. I was doing um, my podcast after with with Danny Kerr, and we were just thinking: Do we look at the first sixty seventy? Do we look at the last ten? What is this England team? And that's the question we've been asking for the last three years: How good is this England team? And I think we're we're none the wiser because every time you think that they're they're not up to anything, they pull out a ten minutes like that, and every time. You want them to put two or three good performances together. They don't. So it's the same old perplexing story uh, for England, you know, not quite knowing how to how to how to define them, how to how highly to rate them or not. Um, And then for the All Blacks. Yeah, I think they were they were very good for a large part of of that game. And at 25 six to not see it out would, would just be so tough to take. As for the decision at the end, I know it's in your guys DNA to run it from everywhere. I just wonder if there was a feeling. 25 6 25 all cash your chips and get out of there i know it's not particularly brave or adventurous um england would say they had quite a few guys committed to the ruck and they were in danger of losing the game if they went to run it out but yeah not the cavalier attitude many people wanted to see but certainly i think england would have taken a draw at 25 6 wouldn't they yeah they would i guess you can look at it like that um but yeah overall massive disappointment over the side of the world as you can imagine the, the thing i'm i'm finding interesting if i try and be a little bit more reflective chris is how much we are now talking in the rugby media about stuff that isn't happening on the field. It's stuff that's happening off the uh-huh. field. Um, you're probably caught up with the, the tension that Ian Foster's had to wear all year from All Blacks fans with selections, the fact that Scott Robertson wasn't picked when there was an awesome opportunity for him to take over. That's not going to happen before the World Cup. Can you remember a time, you know, the Eddie Jones talk, the Dave Rennie talk, the Ian Foster talk, Rassie Erasmus? My gosh, the stuff off the field is alarming. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? And and you think of the coaches that have been under pressure over the last year or two, you know, up, up in this part of the world, Eddie Jones, two or three times in the last year, people have gone, oh, is he one defeat away from serious questions being asked? You got Wales at the moment. He lost to Georgia. Questions being asked about Wayne Pivak's job. Gregor Townsend has had a really inconsistent year. Questions being asked about, you know, what shape Scotland are in. Um, questions being asked about Ian Foster the whole time. Dave Rennie is two steps forward, three steps <laughs> back, isn't he? By almost beating France, then losing to Italy, then almost beating Ireland in 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 uh, in the Aviva in Dublin. So it's a very turbulent scene, and you, you can look at it two ways. There are a lot of inconsistent teams or a lot of good teams that are all taking wins off each other. It means the landscape is impossible to predict, but it also means there are probably only two coaches out there, Andy Farrell and Fabian Galtier, who you could say are completely with all the backing of every fan in that country, give or take a few. But there will still be Kiwi fans who would go, yeah, I know there were six wins in a row, but... 
Scott Robertson's twiddling his thumbs with the Barbarians. There'll be Aussie coaches, Aussie fans going, oh, come on, Dave Rennie, let's get some consistency. Lots of fans across the world won't be particularly pleased with where their team is, apart from maybe Ireland and France fans. It makes it very, very fascinating. It means we've always got something to talk about. Yeah, and, and all those coaches you sort of named there, that, they've been under fire. But the, the guy that's gone on the front foot, and we don't talk about him much here, but he is an absolute agitator, and that is Rassi Erasmus. He is, you know, I'm hearing, and I actually read one of your columns and about this, um, this thought that some referees don't want to officiate Springbok tests because they know what's coming. Uh, that's not healthy. No, that's that's a terrible situation. And I don't think it's getting to that point yet. But I've had a fair few conversations with people in the last few days who, who are thinking it's reaching a tipping point or it has reached a tipping point. And I chatted to John Smith at the World Rugby Awards in Monaco. And this is a, a Springbok legend, 2007 World Cup winning captain. And as you well know, the Springboks are a, a tight-knit bunch. South African rugby, they look after their own. Not many people break ranks. Razi Erasmus is hailed as a messiah or has been hailed as a messiah because of what he did in 2019. But to hear John Smith come out and go, actually, this isn't helping the team. It's making it pretty easy for people to take pot shots at us. And it's meaning we're getting a reputation as a team that that are kind of always throwing their toys. I thought that was really interesting because even a great Springbok is saying to Razi Rasmus, do you know what, mate, kind of wind it in now. And he's got that year-long ban. He's got another two games. Maybe it's all part of a master plan. And Erasmus supporters would say that the guy is always got a master plan at play but there is genuine genuine feeling that he probably has crossed the line a few too many times a bit of a reset needed he comes out the firing line their their season ends doesn't it on saturday they can then take six months and come back for for you know uh, rugby short and rugby championship pre-world cup so maybe a little bit of time out the firing line is what erasmus needs he was at springbok training today in london he won't be at twickenham on saturday and it's a bit of a must-win game for both South Africa and England to salvage their awesome campaigns. It is. It is. I need to ask you about the Scott Robertson uh, whispers, the talk. People are saying it's a done deal. I've heard anything from Robertson and O'Gara will take over from Eddie Jones at the end of the World Cup. Eddie Jones is, sounds like he's got an eight-year deal with the USA Eagles, which would be great for them, perfect coach for them to rebuild, etc. Um, we had a well-respected sports journalist on our station this morning saying if Scott Robertson is not the next All Black coach and ends up coaching England, that will be the worst decision by New Zealand rugby in its history. Such is the... Oh. That is the standing that Scott Robertson holds. And I put to you, Chris Jones, um, if England sign Scott Robertson to be their coach... I, it, there's a huge parallel in signing Brennan McCullum to coach the England cricket team. Something a little bit left field, something a little bit innovative and fresh. If you get Scott Robertson over there, I say well done England. Well done England, but poo-poo <laughs> us. What are you hearing? Well, it would be the, it'd, be, it'd be the first time that it would have worked that way because think how many times New Zealand coaches have come up here got some experience, and then gone down there to help out the All Blacks. It's getting quite a long list now. Graham Henry, Steve Hansen. you now got Joe Schmidt in the setup, who by all accounts is playing a big part in turning around the All Blacks from that those four defeats in close succession to going on a seven-match unbeaten run. Um, so I, I, I personally thought that Wayne Pivak would be close to going after Georgia. And if you were the Welsh Rugby Union... 
with this chat around England, with the chat around New Zealand, you would say to Scott Robertson, come now, land in Cardiff Monday, and do a one-year, nothing-to-lose job before the World Cup with Wales. That's what I, I thought the Welsh Rugby Union might be thinking. I'm not saying they are, and I'm not saying PBAC's going to go, but there is so much talk, isn't there, at the moment. There's so much brinkmanship. I think there are so many people trying to manoeuvre their clients in different places. For me, from what I'm hearing, Steve Borthwick is still the favourite to take over with England. Now, whether he's had second thoughts, and we did have the chief exec of the RFU, just changing his language over whether it'd be an English coach. Because six months ago, he said he really wants an English coach. They're dead keen to have an English coach. Eight years of a foreign coach, fine. It was needed after 2015. Now it's time to start bringing through their own. That was the attitude of the RFU. That language has changed to the best person for the job, which then has opened the door for a Scott Robertson, a Ron Agara. But I heard again on the weekend, it's Steve Borthwick's job and he will come in in May and be there for the World Cup preseason camp. But when nothing is set, signed, sealed and delivered, Scott Robertson is keen. You guys speak so fondly of him. He's got a great reputation. I wonder if the RFU are just casting gazes elsewhere. But it is such an interesting time because there's going to be so much movement. If not now with coaches, then this time next year, it's going to be mad. Yeah, it's almost, I almost want to run a sweepstake and, and put up like five teams on the board and say pick the right coach. from the, And I don't think anyone yeah. knows. Oh, Scott Robertson probably doesn't even know. And, you know... We in New Zealand know Scott Robertson really, really well, and like we're not all friends with him, but we know him because that's the kind of guy he is. He's an open book, and we've heard that the the stopper to him is Joe Smith, and it's almost like Joe Smith is now the kingmaker because he wouldn't work with Scott Robertson, and so it looks like anointed for the future is either a Joe Smith led All Blacks or maybe a Leon McDonald led All Blacks who are. <laughs> diametrically 100% different characters to Scott Robertson. And Scott Robertson doesn't fit the New Zealand rugby mould. You know, the rugby mould that worked a decade ago isn't working at the moment. We've seen that this year. If Scott Robertson goes somewhere else, a lot of New Zealanders will be supporting England or bloody <laughs> Wales because they want Scott Robertson to go, up you New Zealand rugby, you know? Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to hear that. And I was speaking to a few of your colleagues when they were up here for the test last week and hearing similar thoughts that um, Joe Schmidt has come in and he, he's influential and he's got a great coaching CV. We know Ian Foster was kind of anointed, wasn't he, by Steve Hansen in a kind of Sir Alex Ferguson, David Moyes kind of way. And after that World Cup semi-final, I just wonder... The, the, hope, wasn't it, the hope for you guys was that you'd win the World Cup in 19... Hansen hands over to his number two, no questions asked. Because you took a bit of a pummeling from England in that World Cup semi-final, then the questions were asked, oh, actually, is, is the sort of Hansen-Foster way just coming to the end of its time? And I think Foster's done well to bring things back on track in 2022, helped out with a change of, of backroom staff, both with the forwards coach and with Schmidt. But yeah, I mean, Robertson, I think, would get a lot of England fans excited, as would Ronan O'Gara. But then the nagging doubt is, why aren't England producing their own coaches? There's a league out there with a lot of English coaches as directors of rugby, as head coaches, a lot of guys steeped in the system who know about the politics at play in England. Eight years with, with Eddie Jones, fine. But surely now, the RFU, it'd be an indictment on their pathways, coaching pathways, if they can't produce one of their own. Maybe they'll be lured by the appeal of Scott Robertson. And there's a lot of appeal there, but he's also not coached internationally. So as exciting as it is, part of me also thinks... The RFU needs to be looking 
close to home first and foremost before they they look for who's available with big reputations overseas. Mm. And the thing I do like what England Rugby's done is said we're announcing in May and the World Cup is until the end of next year, but they're going to announce in May. They're going to be the first ones to show their hand. Um, do you think? What I, if someone else gets in there? What if someone else gets in there? I mean, this is the this is the this is why if you're Wales and fi- if, if Wales are convinced Wayne Pivak is the man to 2023, fine, absolutely fine. But if they're not, they can't go. We don't rate this guy, but we're going to have him as a sitting duck for a year just because there's nobody else. Mm. They move heaven and earth to get Scott Robertson in for a year, or Ronan Agara, or someone who is touting around for an international job. A bit like in in the football Premier League. Antonio Conte was going to go to Man U or, or, or was touted somewhere and Tottenham got in there and got rid quite early of their manager because they wanted to get Antonio Conte before he moved somewhere else. So you say May is quite early. <laughs> it was at Andy Farrell and Joe Schmidt. They announced their, their changeover November before the World Cup 2019. They announced it in 2018. So part of me just wonders if the longer they are, if you sit on their hands, the longer they might... You know, will Ronan O'Gara re-sign with La Rochelle? Will Scott Robertson announce that he's going to, I don't know, another another country come the end of uh, of 2023? So, yeah, it goes back to that jigsaw piece <laughs> on the we've all got on our walls, trying to, trying to put a coach here and a coach there and a country over them. <laughs> My jigsaw pieces are all on the floor, Chris. I have absolutely no <laughs> idea. They're all the same colour and all the same shape, and I don't know which jigsaw they fit. Hey, Chris, fantastic to talk to you. Um, I feel like we've covered some ground, but we've opened some more up as well. Um, I hadn't yeah, really... Yeah, no, I've not talked about the match. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let... Either. I know. But, but... No, it's an exciting time, isn't it? Yeah, it is a fantastic time. We will definitely stay in touch, Chris. Really enjoyed the chat. No, good stuff. Thanks for having me on. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.